you may be down, but you're not out. So uh, as Job, you know, all, all the things were just coming at him, he, he could have easily just, just, he was done. He, he was down with all the, with everything that was going around him. His wife told him to curse God. He, he could have fell right there, right there. But Job had a mindset that he was going to believe and follow what God had for him. Another example that came to my mind was Gideon. Sorry. Gideon had 32,000 men to fight the Midianites. He had to feel pretty good with 32,000 men in his army. But God, wanted, but God wanted Israel to know that it wasn't the might of 32,000 men. It was the might of God. Now, God told Gideon that, they, that if they were afraid and if they wanted to go home, to go home. Now, at that time, 22,000 men left Gideon's army. Then God told Gideon to go down to the river and watch the way they drink. <clears throat> Gideon was looking for the ones who were aware of their surroundings, and only three, 300 of them were aware. At this time, Gideon, Gideon was feeling down, probably doubtful and scared. He started out with 32,000 men and now ended up with only 300. But Gideon was not out. Then later on in Judges 8, 15, th 15 through 25, Gideon wins the battle, and his own men said, you can rule over us. Not this time, Gideon had to feel pretty good winning a battle with only 300 men. You know, he could easily say, you know what, that's right, I will rule you guys. But Gideon was not full of pride, rather he was filled with God. Gideon said, the Lord will rule over you. Gideon was down, but he wasn't out. Now these are, these are a couple people in the Bible that I talked about, that they were just being down, but they weren't out. Now, if you're going through the battle, realize that you may be down, but you're not out. You can keep fighting. Even if you're losing, realize that God is on your side. God has a purpose upon your life, and he's putting you through a test that you can overcome. That's awesome. Bless us for that. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It's just one verse. Why don't you read it with me? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Would you say amen? You may be seated. The context of this particular verse to me is interesting. It's not. Uh, talking about a great need in the community. It's not talking about even uh, a desire to advance the kingdom of God. And we have a missions work we want to launch. And we know there are going to be challenges. And, and yet we're believing God who does the impossible, his power, his mercy, his grace. God can give us the victory. We believe those things. But that was not the context of Jesus making this statement. The context was Jesus having characterized the difficulty that an individual was having being sold out to God. This man had come and wanted to follow the Lord, and, and yet when it came time for him to choose, he had a struggle within himself to truly give his heart and everything to God. The disciples were amazed, and they wondered, who can be saved? And it was then that Jesus said, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. 
And I want to just expand a little bit in the standpoint of the ongoing work of God that needs to happen in every life, salvation, of course, but then walking with the Lord and experiencing His purpose and, and letting God's will be accomplished in you and through you. I believe it's fair to say on your own, you cannot do it. You cannot accomplish the things that God desires to accomplish in your life. And I believe that we have probably in this room proven that in our own way. We've gone through seasons where maybe a lack of prayer or a lack of spending quality time in the Word or, or maybe just a season of doubt or fear and, and, and something happening to disrupt uh, our walk with God. Every individual probably has a testimony of different seasons where there was struggle. And, and in that season, I know it's the case for me, in that season I proved to myself you will not do this without God. You will not grow. You will not be what He wants you to be. You will not mature fully so that the fruit of the Spirit and the quality of faith and the quality of, of devotion to God will be present. You'll be distracted like everyone else. You'll be, in a lot of ways, in peril like everyone else because without God, you cannot make it. With men, it is impossible. But with God, I'm so glad he said this, with God, all things are possible. Because I do believe what we should crave is a sustained, not just a brief period, not just a Sunday or a once in a while at a big conference. What we should crave and anticipate is a long-term, sustained move of the Holy Ghost and God's purpose flowing in our lives. We should crave that. We should anticipate that. We should believe with all our hearts, I started out and I'm going to finish this race. And in the meantime, between the start and the finish, I'm going to walk with the authority and the boldness of the Holy Ghost. God's going to show me how to do His will. God's going to reveal Himself in me and through me. And yes, I'm going to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. But I understand so well in my own life, it will not happen in my own strength. This carnal nature, this mind that is so flawed, uh, the things that can press on us uh, from the world and from the circumstances of life, they all have a way of wearing us down. Thank God he made it clear, I don't expect you to do this by yourself. But lean on me and not your own understanding. Seek my face. Cry out to me and, and let me do a work in your heart. We need it. We've got to have a, a move of God in our lives. We need to walk with him. We need to know him for ourselves. We need to know what it's like to become familiar with the move of the Spirit. And I want to challenge you. And I, I talked to the folks to, this afternoon, and I mentioned this near the end, but I'll say it to you here at the beginning. If there was a season 
in your life where you were hearing from God and you don't feel that way now, you and God can get that going again. If there was a season in your life where your prayers were bold and, and filled with faith and, and filled with the direction of the Spirit, you just knew it. You just said, God is, is talking to me and directing me and, and helping me to see what he wants to do. If there was ever a season like that in your life, you and God need to get that going again where you talk to him every day and you let him move in your heart and your mind so that his purpose can be fulfilled. I even will go this far. If you can remember a season where you were so drunk, we used to say, man, they're drunk on the Holy Ghost and just so filled to overflowing with the presence of God. That's the kind of move that happens in your life. I'll tell you what I've seen happen before. People go home and they revolutionize their whole life without even one Bible study because the Spirit is so strong in their mind. They walk through that house, don't need that anymore, don't want that anymore, don't have to have that anymore, didn't even have one Bible study what was going on the Holy Ghost began to fill their soul and they began to see there's a difference between darkness and light there's a difference between good and evil and now my soul knows that we can have what God has always told us we can have and so you should navigate by faith a journey that says, Lord, I don't know how you're going to phrase it in your own life. Maybe you'll just say like the old gospel song, take me back, take me back to that place where I first received you. Take me back because I want to pray some bold prayers. I want to walk in a faith-filled walk. I want to move with an anointing and with a boldness. I will not be. I hope you can say it even if you don't have a microphone. I will not be a victim, terror by the spirits of this age. I'm going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I will not become an addict. I will not become somebody hopeless and filled with despair and giving my heart over to the spirit of this age. Amen. Sometimes, and, and, and someone was so kind and generous with me recently, and they said, well, I just, I just had a tough time that day, and and I just kind of, you know, I was letting my mind go and, and things were just kind of were overwhelming me. And, and all that was happening was they were feeling a little bit vulnerable and feeling a little bit of loneliness. And, and they just started thinking and thinking and thinking. And instead of talking to themselves, they, they were listening to themselves. And there's a time to shut that down and start finding whatever you know from the Word of God. Even if the only verse you can quote is Jesus wept. Find a way to apply it to your life and say Jesus wept and he'll weep again if I don't get my act together. So I'm going to repent and live for him I know that's a unique context but whatever you got to do take that one verse and get going talk to yourself say I'm not going to let the, the, the enemy rob me of what God has for me I'm not going to let my spirit become so soiled by the things of this world that I'm going to miss what God wants uh, to do in my life. And I, I just want you to know, if we drift and drift and drift from God's presence and from his word, we cannot live the overcoming life he wants us to live. We need him, amen? It's interesting how God sometimes, you know, we, we, we can... Isaiah chapter 6, and, and you, you know how that goes there at the beginning. And, 
You know, he, he says the year that King Uzziah died, and I, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and, and, and some of you know what was going on there, and he had a revelation. He began to write, and, and there were some things that, that, that he began to talk uh, to those people about in terms of God and his presence, and, and then on and on throughout the chapter. You get to Isaiah 54 and, and 2, and, and God gives them this word, enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited I'm telling you my experience with God and his word is he has a way of pulling out one of those just when you think it's the last possible thing that could happen God has a way of surfacing one of those promises when all you're thinking about enlarge we got to circle the wagons. We got to just kind of hide out and hope the enemy doesn't notice we're over here. That's the moment. We got we to gotta mourn our loss. We got to grieve our loss. We got to realize things aren't the way they used to be. Don't you know the king died? And, and I know there was some time that passed between that chapter and this prophecy, but I have seen God do it over and over and over and over again. He says to his people, I want you to come up a little higher. I don't want you quitting. I don't want you giving up. I don't want you turning your life over to the enemy I want you to come and let me strengthen you and let me bless you and let me lead you it's the same God that says I'm with you even till the end it's that God who always has a way of trying to realign our understanding yes it's impossible you know could you imagine Excuse my imagination, it can get a little bit different, but you imagine, and please, this is not a political statement, but you know, I'll just pick a hot button. You imagine, God, they elected who? President. They did what? It's not a political statement, I'm just saying, our world gets so strung out about everything, and some of you don't even want to chuckle. Thank you, Brother Cliff. I'm just saying, we have things happen in our culture, in our society, that we just, well, how can this, how can this fit God's plan? How can this fit, what, how can this be conducive? And, and too many times, uh, we become so convinced that something that has happened to us or around us has probably disqualified uh, us from the purpose and the promise of God. And God just, of course, it's impossible with you, but I'm not stressed out. You're losing your hair but I'm still able to do exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask or think. God never wakes up and says, I didn't expect that to happen. What do you mean there's a hurricane? I didn't know that was good. God never has a day like that. And we have moments like that that cause us to lose our mind and our focus. What do you do with that? You go right back and say, God, I don't have to even understand, but I'm going to stay with you and follow you let your will be accomplished in my life he's asking you to enlarge when all you can think about is just barely hanging on he wants to do a work in your life matthew chapter 9 verse 29 jesus said according to your faith be it unto you according to your faith i was praying and 
and, and I thought so, so, so sure that God was going to answer, and this was the way he was going to answer, and, and then it was gone. It didn't happen. Where's your faith now? Where is your confidence now? Don't let it slip. Don't, don't let it diminish. I, I never dreamed I'd have to go through this. I, I never dreamed I'd have to live in, in, in this situation. And I didn't know that was going to happen to my family. I didn't know that was going to happen in, in my community. Some of you could say, I didn't know that was going to happen where I work. I didn't realize all of these things would be things I would have to face. But if you look back over your life, uh, there has been plenty of moments uh, where you had no clue. But because you had enough sense uh, to say, Jesus, uh, lead me, guide me. I need you. I'll follow you. I'll trust you. You are still standing today because he never fails. We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't want you, I don't want me to be convinced by the enemy that we should pretty much downgrade our expectations, scale back our hopes because, you know, God's just, he's just trying to get by. God's not just trying to get by. He's able. He's the author, and he's the finisher. You know how frustrating it is. You go to do something, you can't do it. You just get, I don't know if any of you are wired this way, but the more and more it occurs to you that the problem is not the process, the problem is not the system, the problem is not the opportunity, the problem is you just can't do it. It's not in you to do it. You know that frustration, don't you? You have to raise your hand, but you know it's true. Or you look at something and you say, well, I, I, I did the best I could. I made the best decision I could. I, I, I mean, I, 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 did, I followed all the instructions. And maybe it, it, some of us wouldn't bother even reading the instructions, but some follow them to a T. And it's not, I mean, have you ever, ever followed the instructions and you've got pieces? You just put them back in the box and hope for the best. You've got a few bolts and nuts and screws that, well, it looks right. It looks like the picture. We just put that away. I don't know how they managed to put all this extra in here. No, what's happening is we just missed it. We just on our own. We, we, we couldn't do it on our own. And, and some of life can leave you feeling that way. Those are moments I'm begging you to recognize. And maybe this is just a reminder for you. Those are not moments to give up. Those are not moments to throw up your hands in despair and believe that God has failed you. Those are moments to say, God, aha, I know what you're doing. You're reminding me. I can't do it without you. I can't do it without prayer. I can't do it without trusting you. I can't do it without having a relationship with you and your body and your purpose needs to flow through my, oh, thank you, Lord, for reminding me before a train wreck, I need thee, oh, I need thee. He's so merciful to us. He's so merciful to us. Sometimes we can become so distorted in our perspective that we will even stop praying a decision that maybe is not deliberate, but it ends up being the same as a deliberate decision to stop praying. In other words, we're not really seeking God with faith. We're not really 
bringing to him true petitions that are seasoned with thanksgiving and, and a genuine heart of, of worship and, and supplication that, that is just coming before the Lord with, with, with the, the kind of faith and, and desire. You heard it preached on Sunday, that, that touching the hem of his garment kind of attitude. Most of us know that you can go through seasons where the prayers you're praying, they're, they're really not prayers of faith. They're just prayers of I just know i got to do something to make it feel like I'm praying, but I don't know where this is going. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I just don't feel it anymore. I just don't have it in me. I'm not sure what God is doing. And, and the enemy will keep you in that mode if he can. And, and your mind will begin to lose its confidence in God. That, that's a dangerous place to be when you're praying, but, but there's no faith in your prayer. He said, listen, according to to your faith. I'm not saying that you, you don't get discouraged. You never can get discouraged. Of course you can get discouraged. I'm not saying that you should never have moments that you don't understand. Of course there are things that go on that we don't understand. But I am saying it's a major need in our lives when we are starting to just go through the motions and we are no longer operating in faith. If it's not of faith, it's sin. That's a moment to get in the Word and get on your face. And even if the emotions are not there, start doing what the Bible tells you, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Do what you have to do. And even if you don't feel anything, God, I need you. I, I can't even tell you everything that's on my heart, but you know it. I can't even express it, everything that's in my mind, and yet you know it. You know everything about me. You know when I get up. You know when I sit down. You know what's going on in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit. And Lord, all I can tell you as I believe somewhere between now and the rapture you can do what you promised you can make a way where there is no way I believe you're worthy of my worship I believe you're worthy of my thanks I believe you're worthy of my offering I believe you're worthy of my sacrifice oh God I seek you and you reject that press from your carnal nature that says what's the use because he didn't answer the way you thought he was going to answer. And he didn't do what you thought he was going to do. But this is the way people of faith have navigated throughout history. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. In Acts chapter 4, the New Testament church is praying, and, and when they pray, the place is shaken where they are assembled, and they are all filled with the Holy Ghost, and begin to speak the Word of God with boldness. In Acts chapter 12, they're praying, and and, and Peter is in prison because what? He, he did some bad stuff. No, he was preaching the gospel and they prayed for someone and, and she was demon possessed and she was delivered and so the thanks he got from the community is they threw him in prison and so the church is praying. You, we, we want God, we want you to deliver Peter. We want you to set him free and, and so Peter is set free and he's knocking on the door and, and they're so busy praying. They're like, Just go find out what's going on. We're busy praying that Peter would be released from prison prison. Young lady goes and comes, Peter's at the, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? We're busy praying that Peter would be, you know, that's how we are. God's doing something. God's doing something. If you're praying for it, start looking for it. If you're asking for it, 
start expecting it. Don't just pray for the sake of praying. Pray in faith. If you're praying for a neighbor to be filled with the Holy Ghost, start looking for it. Start going more uh, strategically into their lives uh, in a relationship saying I'm just trying to spend some time with them they don't know what my real agenda is but my agenda is I'm believing God is going to pour his spirit don't just pray for the sake of praying if you believe God can heal them go to them and say listen I'm not trying to tell you I'm a spiritual superhero but can I pray with you and all you have to do is say in the name of Jesus by the authority of the word of God I command cancer to leave this body. You don't have to scream. You don't have to sweat. But you need to pray with faith and look and see what God will do. Let's not get this close to the rapture and forget that we've always done it this way. It's always required prayer. It's always required the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's always required a work of the Spirit. It's always required a people that were sold out and devoted to God. It's always required a, a relationship with God that evidences faith, not just emotion, but faith that produces obedience to God's Word. Let us never forget that it is impossible for us to see what God wants to do in our lives by doing it by ourselves our own way. But if we could ever, ever get back to a hunger and thirst for righteousness and say God I hope that somehow something will click in your mind even in this few moments that I have left while I'm preaching and you can remember a time where tears were streaming down the side of your cheek and you felt the warmth of those tears and you had your hands raised and you were speaking in tongues so freely and you could care less what time it was you could care less what somebody else was doing and the holy God that created you was interacting with your spirit and leading you to a new place with direction, with purpose, with a sense of power and authority that didn't come from yourself. We need that. We need everyone in this room needs that. You need to go back to a place where you were just absolutely on your face. Oh God, we want you to do a work. We want you to pour out your spirit. Oh Lord, forgive me of everything I've got going that's not like you. What happened when you were praying that way? Heaven came down and cleansed your heart and cleansed your mind and purified your soul and all of a sudden an anointing that was impossible is now possible a ministry that was impossible is now possible a sense of purpose that was impossible is now possible with God all things are possible but not without him cannot be a sold out disciple of Jesus Christ just because the, the intellectual pursuit of the Bible and its principles heaven must interact with your soul you must be born again you must walk in the spirit you must yield your body your mind to serve Jesus Christ and you must decide I have to do it God's way because I can't ever make it without his presence and his power working in my life. Oh, God. I'm, I'm encouraging you. I almost said commanded, but I won't command anybody. I'm encouraging you 
if you have any inkling of God waking you up in the middle of the night or early in the morning and, and there was a time when you would have immediately said, I'm praying. I don't know if it's God or if it's the pizza I had, but I'm praying. I'm saying start responding the way you used to. I'm praying. If you have any inkling of the Lord working and you just say, well, you know, I used to just go to the altar just to go to the altar. I want you to revive that pursuit and say I'm not even here because it was the best sermon I ever heard. But I'm at this altar because one thing is for sure. I can't do it without God. I can't have what God wants me to have, and I cannot do what God wants me to do. And the reality is everyone in this room Probably everyone in this room can say, I know of seasons in my life where it was so clear to me that God was calling me. Amen. And so we, we, we if we're not careful, we attribute that absence of that kind of recognition to everything around us that has changed. That's a critical mistake. Because the only thing you need to get that back is you willing and God able. Did I almost get like a smile out of that one? That's all you need. You don't even need a preacher. You don't need a choir. You don't need nothing wrong with those things. But if you even have a hint of a moment in your life where the Holy Ghost began to draw you. All you need is you willing and God able. And you willing means you start seeking Him and telling Him by faith, Lord, I want a touch from heaven upon my life. Lord, I want your perfect will. I'm tired, but there's something more pressing than my tiredness. I'm busy, but there's something more pressing than my busyness. I have opportunity, but there's something more pressing than my opportunity. I have to have heaven in my soul through the visitation of God's power every day of my life. I've got to know him. Nothing can stop that. The devil can't stop. The devil is powerless to stop that. Amen. If he could stop that, you wouldn't even have the Holy Ghost. He is powerless to stop that. I would encourage you and I'll try to wrap this up and I, I told the group last night I said you know there's a hymn it wasn't a hymn we decided it wasn't a hymn but the line says try a little tenderness well we it, it, that's not in the hymn book it turns out try a little tenderness <laughs> but I, I, I took that little phrase and I, I change it and I finish with this in your life try a little emptiness try a little emptiness what do you mean pastor I mean, start jettisoning some things that are in the way of you having an encounter with Jesus Christ that changes your heart. Amen. Our lives get so filled, and some of what we allow into our lives is not even sin, but it becomes a weight. It becomes a distraction. So try a little emptiness. Try rearranging, because you and I can sit 
there so surrounded by the world and so filled with every other thing and wonder where God is and where he is is behind the walls that we have built trying to gain access. But when we go ahead and throw uh, overboard, if you will, some of the things that are just distractions, when we just throw overboard, if you will, some of the things that keep us from focusing on the Lord, it is amazing what happens when you draw nigh unto God. He draws nigh unto you. Can I call you Braden? We're going to change history right now, and we're going to call you Braden. Braden, the only reason we're close right now is one of us made a move. Right now, there's distance. There's, can't do anything about it. But if one of us makes a move, and God has promised, if you'll come close to me, I'll come close to you. You will not go without me as long as you draw near to me. He's so good to us. Amen. Would you stand with me? Praise God. It will not be possible without God. Any dream, any vision, anything you anticipate, anything you hope, impossible. You know, you, you just write it down. If, you, if you're journaling, make sure you write it in bold letters. Impossible without God. You list every dream, every hope, every aspiration, and you write it in bold letters. Impossible without God. But then you write down maybe in, 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 in red, <laughs> with God, all things are possible. Amen. What he's called us to do, oh, very possible. I told you the story, maybe I haven't, but we joked about being in France and everything, if you ask for anything. I read an article about it recently, and they, they actually talked about why this is this way in France. I won't tell you all the story, but if you go into France and the restaurants or in other places of service, almost without exception, if you ask for something that's not in the structured menu, they will say, not possible. Not possible. And they say it's so kind to you. Not possible. Not possible. Not possible. We were visiting with the byfields, and it seemed like we'd heard not possible for three days, 24-7, not possible. And then on the last day, <laughs> we were trying to accomplish something, and the man stopped. He just stopped. It was absolute stillness, crickets. He looked at Brother Byfield and I, he said, it's possible. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It's possible. It's the first time we heard it in three days. And that true story. I read, it, I read an article recently as to why that, that goes on in that, in that culture, not trying to be down on the French. I'm just saying we serve a God. His answer is if you'll do it with me, it's possible. If you'll follow me, it's possible. If you'll honor my word, it's possible. If you'll let my spirit lead you, it's possible. What is it about us? We get so overwhelmed, and usually when we're overwhelmed, it's because we're trying to figure out how to do it on our own. That's a great moment to stop everything and say, Lord, I'm overwhelmed right now, but it's because I'm thinking I can do this without you. But I'm asking you to intervene right now. I'm asking you to have your way. And if for some reason you 
don't perform specifically the way that I'm hoping, at least I know with your presence here, there'll be peace and there'll be strength and there'll be comfort and there'll be hope. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It's possible. You can go to heaven with God's help. You can live an overcoming life. Amen. Why don't you come to the altar and just begin to seek the Lord. Let's ask him for a great touch of his presence in our lives. He's able. Lord Jesus, we know.